Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, the podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. This is season two, episode 27. Hello. That guy is Eddie. I'm Lee. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our holiday episode. It's the last episode of the year. You thought we'd gone away. We disappeared. It was sad times for all of you. You wept. We wept. You wept together. It was a terrible separation, but we're back. We're back. We weren't going to leave you in the lurch forever. <laughs> we would never. No, we love you. And, and after this extravagantly wonderful episode about to come, we will see you in the new year. You sure bet your bottom dollar we will. What? I think that's copyright, but we'll we'll edit that out. It's fine. So this week we are talking about Stillhouse Lake by Rachel Kane. Oh, what a book. A nail biter and a half. We're talking about Friend Request by Laura Marshall. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it right now. Say the it. title strikes fear into me. Wait till we even get to discussing it, Eddie. Right. I'm. I mean, I'm freaking out. And we're going to be talking about a new book which just hit our mailbox today. Fresh off the press. Fresh off the press. We got it from the editor himself, Andrew Nettie. He sent it straight to us. He was like, Lee, Eddie, you gotta, you gotta get on this. This is some cutting edge material that your listeners need to hear about. Need to, need to hear it. And we agreed. And so we're delivering it to you today. Also, yeah, comes from Melbourne. Amazing. So we're going to be talking about girl gangs, biker boys, and real cool cats. Pulp Fiction and Youth Culture, 1950 to 1980. Edited by... None other than Ian McIntyre and Andrew Nettie. Well, let's take it away. Mm. So take me there. Rachel Kane, Stillhouse Lake. Oh, what a read. What a read. Strap yourself in, Eddie, because this is an intense kind of book. Hold on, hold on. I'm just getting my uh, seatbelt. Yes. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. Safety first. Hold on. Got to put my helmet on. (laughs) <laughs> and your arm guards. <laughs> right, And your right. Oh, this is intense. All right, let's go. I'm All ready. Right. Okay, so I'm introducing you to a character. Hold on, hold on. I All just right. got to put my mouth guard right, in. do it. I'm just putting my mouth, mouth guard in. Take it out because they can't hear you. Take it out. <laughs> what, what are you from? <laughs> okay, I'm introducing you to our main character, Gina Royal. Um, would you say that she has never seen a diamond in the flesh? Would you say that she cut her teeth on wedding rings in the movies for people that might not be as hip as eddie that's a a lord reference yeah and we're gonna move on from it that's from the last five years (laughs) that's as contemporary as i get so tell me about royal okay so just a typical suburban housewife gina royal classic happily married two kids Goes to pick them up from school, drives home to a happy house in the suburbs. Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? Something tells me that it's not a happy marriage, it's (gasps) not a happy house, and she's not going to be happy for very long. I mean, given the type of books that you usually read, Mm -hmm. I for one am shocked, because you often read these quite nice types of books. Yeah, I know. Well, we're, we're about to see something cray. Cray? Cray. Pray do tell. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets home. There's all these uh, police and ambulance and whatnot at the front of her house. Okay. Someone has driven their car, a drunk driver has driven their car, smack bang into her garage. Oh, I was going to say maybe it's like one of those, uh, you know, what do they do in the US? They like have those like suburban 
like the street parties where they're like, <laughs> like, a, like a block party. Like a block yeah. party. That's a thing they do in the US, yeah. isn't it? No, people do it here as well. What? Yeah, no. especially around Christmas time. Amazing. Side note, I have to tell you something. Can I just interrupt to say, (laughs) anyone who's listening, tell us where your block party is happening. And we might just show up. up. We will eat all of the potato salad (laughs) that like Sharon up the road. Shazza, she's like, oh, I made this potato salad. It's special. It's got pineapple in it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm going to eat Shazza's special potato salad. I'm going to pick all the pineapple out and just eat the pineapple. Everyone will be like, Shazza, where's the pineapple? (laughs) And Eddie's like, I don't know. I don't know. I bet she has a, forgot to put it in. She's such a bitch. So you know what? she's sleeping with Alan up the road. Yes. Anyway, get in touch. Primetime podcast at gmail.com. We yeah. will come to your block party. And we will start trouble in your neighborhood. We'll crack open those sideies. We'll, we'll, we'll have a good time. Yeah. yeah. Someone might call the police, as has happened to Gina Royal. Well, let's get back to it, shall we? So... She gets home, drunk driver is driven into her garage. All right, all right. So we're back to Stillhouse Lake, Rachel Kane. Rachel Kane, Stillhouse Lake. Gets home, someone's driven into the garage. Ugh. Cops are everywhere. She gets <sighs> out of the car like, what the heck? Boom, she's arrested. Thrown wait, wait, the wait, bonnet. wait. Do your best, like, housewifey, what the, like, what the, what in the, what in the darndest? <laughs> that's great, that's great. What's hecking going on? <laughs> oh, golly gee. <laughs> oh, bloom and hell. <laughs> You went a bit Australian. I like it. It was good. <laughs> I went Elf from um, Home and Away. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so she gets out of the car, investigating, thrown down on the bonnet, <gasps> arrested, taken to jail. What'd she do? Did she? Was she the drunk driver? Well, that would be interesting. Two-time kind of sliding door situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, her from the future. <laughs> and yet, no. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. Long story short. Tell me. Her husband, Melvin Royal. Okay. Sounds is, like a creep. Is a creep. Oh, he's a creep. Called it. Called it. Called it. He's a sadistic serial killer. Oh, gross. And so this uh, this garage connected to her house, which uh-huh. she never goes in because she always thought it was his work shed. See, guys, this is why I'm always sus on the idea of the man cave. I'm like, why he need to be in there? Is he doing murders? <laughs> Probably. Especially like if my partner had an, an area of the house that was severely locked up. Right. I would just be like, this feels weird. It feels weird. It feels a bit blue beardy. I'ma have a look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I am a bit of a detective, so I'm just gonna have me a look in that weird locked up cavern. Right. Cause you never know. You never know. I mean, if it turns out to be something really nice, like they're in there carving, I don't know An ice sculpture of me. Right? Yeah. Actually no, you know what? That's still creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> We're just calling it Man Caves a band. So yeah. He's been murdering women and That's taking horrible. them back to that place and blah, 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 yucky, right? Gross. So she had no idea. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, so her whole world has been inc- in rocked, right? She Fair. goes on trial as an accomplice. Oh, damn. And this is a bit of background knowledge to the book, right? Right, okay. So this isn't a spoiler. Well, this isn't the main twist. No, this isn't the main twist at all. This is oh just the setup God. of the novel. Guys, I'm not going to ruin it for you. I want you to go out and read Stillhouse Lake. Twists to come. Yeah, so like, long story short, she's acquitted. Right, okay. But because she didn't do anything, she didn't do anything. But the public are not happy. <gasps> Armchair detectives. Armchair detectives. Oh my god, is there like a podcast like serial like hating on her? Oh my god, that's a great idea for a book. We should do that. We should do that because not only does serial get more listens than us. Mm. Well, almost. Like I'd say two or three yeah, more. Not like, that probably. much more. But we could also, you know, like cling on to them yeah. like tiny fish on a whale <laughs> shark. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like ooh, right, right there. 
their coattails. Ride their coattails. <laughs> their fish also, coattails. Right? Eat some of the weird lichen that forms yeah. on their back. That sounds ideal. We're set for life. Boom. Someone ghost write us that novel and we will publish it. And we'll launch it at a block party. <laughs> at your block party. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and a happy new year. Anyway, so she's acquitted, but the, the public enraged yeah. uh, armchair detectives. And you know there's very yucky sections of the internet where people are just like talk about these things i don't know what you're talking about i think the, the internet's a beautiful <laughs> utopia <laughs> just free information and equality and care and nurture <laughs> anyway so long story short she has to keep changing her name oh, changing shit. her kids names moving about but gina royal has since changed her name Oh, please tell me it's something really good. I'm not going to reveal it. Okay. Can I make a guess? You can make as many guesses as you like. All right. All right. Tiffany Martin. How did you know? Did <laughs> no, you didn't Fuck know you, it. man. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let me go. Let me go. Marina Partridge. It really is that. Is it? No, it's not. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Okay. One last one. Okay. Go. Third time's the charm. Go. Okay. I'm going to say George Tropicana Glass. Yes! No. Oh my god. <laughs> End of game. We're moving on. She keeps oh, whatever. changing the name. Lee, Lee, Lee. <laughs> changing the kids' names, moving mm-hmm. around, so yep. pulling them out of school. Dang. And so at the start, pretty naive, kind of uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. insulated woman. No more. <gasps> she can shoot a gun like nobody's business. Oh my god. She is really internet savvy now. She's Ooh. a coder by trade. Amazing. Uh, and she has connections to the dark net. Oh, when old Sandra Bullock yeah, on their asses. Yeah. So she's got a, I guess, a guy on the inside that can get a new passport, so that kind of thing. Ooh. She pays in Bitcoin. Can I just say? Topical. This is the most technologically savvy crime fiction book I think I've read. This is such a thing. I was uh, on Twitter, and uh, I believe it was Maxine Benneber-Clark, who is one of my fave, you know, tweeters. Check it out. She's awesome. Uh, and, you know, she's also an amazing author. Mm. But, um, you know, she doesn't write crime, so I, I don't manage to get her, in, get but, her in there. But I got her in yeah, here. Yeah, no, you got her in so anyway. Yep. She was, I think it was her, and she was saying, if a book set in now yep. uh, doesn't feature someone using a mobile phone in the first two chapters, <laughs> yep. she puts it down. Oh. And I think that's really fair, because I think there's a lot of, and I think especially crime, mm. where you have these people and they're like, oh, no, this situation's so untenable. I can't contact anyone. And I'm like, honey, you've got a tiny computer in your pocket. Yeah, this isn't 1980s kids. Right? Like, yeah, pull out you don't mobile. need to page someone. Yeah, I've got two mobiles. Even Kinsey has a pager. That's true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so she's like some lead hacksaw now. Yeah, uh, so, so she moves to this, this town called Still House Lake. Oh, my goodness, Lee, I think I've solved something. Go on. I think that the title mm. might be the location of the story. You're on. You're on to something. Yes! Oh, I called one ding, of ding, them. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and so she still got it. <laughs> she's putting down roots there. She's finally, you know, finding a place where she wants to live. Aww. The kids are finally starting to be happy. Go Gina. But Melvin Royal <gasps> is locked up in prison. Good. But somehow he's getting out and he's in, not getting out like physically. Right. But somehow getting out. Okay. He sends her letters Ew. and he's like controlling stuff from the inside. Ew. And we know that he's still kind of stalking her. Gross. So it he's really gross. comes to a head in Stillhouse Lake. Ooh. And shall we end it there? Well, I just want to say one thing. Tell Don't me. Don't get disappointed because it ends on a cliffhanger. 
Ooh. Which I was like, sad. But I just looked up on the internet, Stillhouse Lake 2, whatever that's called, just came out two days ago. Nice. So you can just breeze through the first one. The second one's waiting for you. Hop on the second one. Happy holidays. Boom. Well, that is a gift and a half. This book was awesome. Five out of five crime fiction. You're going to love it. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Fascinating. So good. Amazing. Yeah. Friend request. Friend request. Laura Marshall, tell me more. Okay, so I'm just going to read a little blurb I've got here in front of me. Oh, then I'll get into it. Okay, okay, okay. You're going the lazy route, but the all lazy right. route. <laughs> it's Christmas. The number one international Kindle bestseller. Okay, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Second thought though, mm. Kindle sucks. What I said it controversial. Ooh, we're gonna lose our um <laughs> our Kindle our sponsorship. Kindle kids. <laughs> we don't have a Kindle sponsorship. Kindle, <laughs> if you are listening, by which I guess I mean Amazon. Mm. If you're listening, I will stop bagging you if you give us some money. I think that's blackmail. It's not blackmail. It's a little, I'm just saying. It's just savvy business, you know what I'm saying? If you want this one random shithead on the internet to stop saying you suck, <laughs> give me some dosh. Mate, people love their ebooks. I'm not no, one no, of them. No, no, no. I love ebooks as well. My biggest problem with Kindle is just that I drag I'm... them. Drag them. <laughs> no, I'm actually about to drag myself. I don't understand it. What do you mean? Well, I use I'm not going to say the brand of it because what? they also don't pay me. What is it? Just say it. It's a Kobo. Okay, I've got one too. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had it for like years and years and years. So it's this really old technology that I just am very familiar with and know how to use. Hang on, wait. Kindle is this young upstart. Oh, wait. I can predict what's going to happen because I'm good at crime fiction. Okay, go. You don't like change. Well, that's a big (laughs) element of it. Let's... Let's be honest, everyone, I do not like change. But the thing that I find about Kindle is that the DRM is so intense. What is DRM? So DRM, the copyright on, like, you know how if you buy a song on iTunes, you can't just give that song to someone else? Yeah, right, yeah. It's that. So it's like, you know, if you buy a book on Kindle, it's locked to your Kindle account. Mm -hmm. So you can't, like, lend someone a book. Or I don't know, maybe they have it now. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit anti-DRM when it comes to books. You know, for example, if a library buys a, a library ebook, mm. first of all, I think you can't borrow that book multiple times. So if, if one person has it out, mm. even though it's just sitting there sitting there it's Mm. on the computer someone else can't take it out the other thing is a library subscription for an ebook is only for about a hundred borrows or like it's a limited number of borrows and there's this really great video that came out uh, it was a bunch of librarians in the u.s um, who came out against this type of drm on library ebooks and they just had a bunch of really really heavily borrowed books and They showed them on camera, showed what kind of condition they were in, and then were like, oh, this book's been borrowed 500 times. Mm. This book's been borrowed 300 times. This book's been borrowed 150 times. Could you see the difference in the... No. And this is the thing. Libraries take really good care of their books. People who frequent libraries often also take very good care of the books. You might say they're book lovers. You might say that. Mm. And the other thing is that libraries make repairs. Mm. So even if a book does get damaged... The library will repair it. So the idea of like artificially limiting the number of times that an ebook can be borrowed, like I understand supporting the publishing industry and all of that sort of thing. But at the same time, I just think, 
access to books. Like, libraries are really important. Give the people what they want. Yeah. We got way political just then. We did. All right. Let's 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 reel it back. No, you made some really good points, though. I did. I'm, look, you I'm did. a clever guy. But we'll go back to our friend request. Laura Marshall. Laura Marshall. Boom. I'll, I'll start again. The number one international Kindle bestseller. You know what I hate about Kindle? Okay. A paranoid single mum is forced to confront the unthinkable act she committed as a desperate teenager in this addictive thriller with a social media twist. Okay. I'm going to be upright with you and say, I didn't read this before I just read it out then. I wouldn't say she's paranoid. I would say the things that happened in the book started to make her feel as though someone was following her. And maybe they were. Okay. Okay. So let me set the scene. All right. Single mum. Right. Goes onto Facebook one day. Okay. This book is also really interesting in the way that it engages with like social media and technology. See, this is the thing that I love about authors who are obviously engaged in things happening now mm. rather than this kind of navel gazing, oh, back in the old days when you could just, you know, chop out a you know, Penny Dreadful and everyone and shit on the floor from happiness. But you yeah. love that as well. I mean, I love that yeah. as well. Like, I won't lie. I'm there with the best of them shitting on the floor with happiness. But, but I there's also, a place for it. There's a, there's a time and a place for shitting on the floor, Lee. Okay, so uh, this character, single mum. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about it. Ooh. Gets onto Facebook one day, notices that she has a friend request. Okay. Clicks on that little so red it, guy. So that's the scary, like it's a horror book. It, it's a horror. It's a, it's a thriller. Right, yeah. Psychological cause, thriller. Because getting a friend request straight up, terrifying. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Especially if it's like family that you don't really oh want to engage God. with. And I'm or, like, oh, well, well, I can't not like, like take right? the friend request, oh, can God. I? Or can I? I don't know. Because then you'll get like a call from someone like, why haven't you friended your aunt Karen? Karen called me. Or, or more like Karen's cousin's nephew called me <laughs> yeah. and said, she's really upset. So I don't know what you're doing. So yes, it is a horror novel. <laughs> yeah, it is a, yeah, yeah. Or when it's like a high school friend who you haven't seen yes. for like 20 years. No, no, no. I'm going like, to stop you there, detective, and say ooh. that the friend request that she had was from a high school friend that she went to school with 20 years ago ooh. that everyone believes has been dead for 20 years. Hold the phone. Are you telling me that there is a ghost in the machine? (laughs) That's one option. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm calling it now internet ghost. So it's not as simple as it may seem. Oh, wait, friend request from a dead friend from 20 years ago. No, it's more complex than that. Oh my gosh. This is like that shit where like, who was it? Ernest Hemingway like sent anonymous letters to like five of his friends saying we are discovered flee immediately and two of them went missing (laughs) that's horrible i don't know if it was hemingway but it was someone what a shit might have been conan doyle (laughs) what a bastard so this book does that thing that i like where time you know cuts between when she's a teenager and and the present oh classic you know i love that classic so she is part of a group of friends that i guess are like the bullies of the school Oh, gross. Mm. And she's on, like, on the lowest rung of that group. You know how often right. that's yeah, yeah, the situation? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's the one who's only there because she, like, supports them and exactly. eggs them on. She's not, like, yeah. an instigator. Well, but she is kind of encouraged or believes that she's made to do things. But we all have free will at the end of the day, That's very true. That's very true. So they were involved in bullying this girl that died, Jeez. supposedly. 
Oh, apparently. Apparently. And as she's grown and had children of her own, she's really reflected a lot on Mm -hmm, this and mm -hmm. what an awful thing it was that she had done and been involved in. That's really great. I think that often in books like this, uh, it takes something really intense for someone who's been in a role like a bully to, like, reflect on that and it often happens towards the end of the book Mm. but the fact that this happens you know towards the start of the book that she's already saying no that wasn't okay I think that's really good because people do actually grow and evolve like no one's still a teenager except teenagers exactly she feels that and potentially she was implicated in the death of this student okay and so now one might imagine this student is coming for her yeah I mean it sounds a little bit old boy Mm. Mm, you're right. right? Yeah, yeah. Like someone's going to come at you with a hammer in a hallway. I'm just saying yeah. one of the best scenes in cinema history. Just got to say. There's a 20 year school reunion coming up. No. And we know that Hell. shit is going to go down. Oh, dang. So she's reconnecting. Have you ever been to a school reunion? I didn't go to my school reunion. No. no yeah. No. I had no interest in it. I didn't go to school. I'm a dropout. <laughs> Beauty school, school dropout. dropout. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So uh, school reunions coming up. So she okay. has to start reconnecting with all of these people that she went to school with, had these fraught relationships with. Okay. A lot of them are changed. A lot of them are the same. <gasps> Horrifying. And then at the same time, she's being stalked by this Maria friend that supposedly died 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Gripping. Gripping? Gripping. Gripping. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. How many likes out of five would you give it? Look, I'm going to go four or five. It was a really great read. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. So you'd click like five times. I'd click like. I'd highly recommend. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Get amongst it. Brand request. Laura Marshall. Boom. It's coming up to a pretty important holiday. I believe it's one of your faves. Mm. Uh, And that is Christmas. Yes. And obviously not everyone celebrates Christmas, but there are other gift-giving holidays around Mm -hmm. this time of year. So if you are looking for a gift for the crime lover in your life, consider Girl Gangs, Biker Boys, and Real Cool Cats, Pulp Fiction and Youth Culture, 1950 to 1980. Boom. It's a mouthful of a title. (sighs) Can I just say, though, do you know what I love? Tell me. Gift-giving or presents for no reason. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I love that. Or I love getting them, I love giving them. It's ideal, I think. I think it's really beautiful when someone's like, ah, I thought of you when I saw this. And then they give it to you and you're like, oh, that's That's nice. nice. Unless you don't know them, in which case you're like, that's nice. And you call the police. Because it's not appropriate. (laughs) It's not appropriate. How do they know that about you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you about this. Well, can I just start with the cover? Yeah, let's talk about this cover. It It looks right textbook or like it's a larger kind of coffee table book yes this could be the centerpiece for an entire home decor i would say and it's covered in pulp fiction covers yes so it's a cover covered in covers and we know we all love those kind of covers we love covers and it's bright green which is cool it's very eye-catching it's ideal it'll be on the website you'll be able to see it don't panic don't nobody panic if we haven't painted enough of a picture for you with our words let your eyes do the listening drink it in Anyway, so basically what this is, is it's a history of Pulp Fiction from 1950 to 1980. It's got interviews with 
Pulp Fiction authors from those eras. Awesome. It's got some really interesting insights on, you know, like what the particular culture around Pulp Fiction was, what the implications of it were, um, lots of insights into the publishing industry at the time. Like you've got a lot of women writing under male pen names. Really interesting. Which is fascinating because you pick up a lot of these books and it's like, you know, by some guy and it's got like some like scantily clad woman who's looking terrified off the page and you're like, but then you find out it's actually like written by some like queer woman and you're like, oh, what? There's so many layers. It's so many layers. I picked up a book. It was a Pulp Fiction written in, I don't know, the 1950s. Uh, It was published under a man's name because it Uh had to be, right? Yeah. But then it was later revealed to be a woman. Amazing. And it was called Three Women and it was about a three-woman love triangle. Brilliant. And it was gripping in in that way that Pulp Fiction is. So Pulp Fiction is a particular kind of thing, right? And I feel like you would know a lot about this. It was a cheaper way to develop books right yeah so there were like you know it's i think it comes after the penny dreadful yeah so like and guys we're just giving you what we think off the top of our minds but this book is really gonna tell you yeah fully it's so interesting because it's got like insights about pulp fiction it's got uh interviews with pulp fiction authors and then it's got like you know some like little references to academic shit that you could like go into and like read further Mm. which i think is just like super great because this is like really easy to consume and Mm. then if you're like you know what i want more Mm. you can like go to those things so it could be a starting point right it's like the wikipedia of pulp fiction but also if it's something you really love then you've got this concise book yeah fully it's also got like reviews of various pulp fiction novels yeah so yeah like pulp fiction is like really cheap we're talking like 55 cents mm. or like you know like a buck for for this often horror often i mean more often i would say like crime some like gruesome stuff a little bit of like oh hippies are scary there's like lots of australian pulp fiction novels about skinheads Wow. What, do you, what do you mean? I don't know if they're called skinheads outside of Australia, but it's uh, what we call like white supremacists here. Yeah. Um, and because they like shave their heads. Yeah. But as them as baddies? Them as baddies. Yeah, right, so right, like right. these fights between like hippies and skinheads and punks and skinheads. And like, I didn't realize that this was such a genre. It's such a, it seems like a grimy kind of dirty yeah. action. It seems like maybe there could be correlations between crime fiction today and pulp fiction back then. Oh, fully. Yeah. I really think that popular crime fiction owes a huge debt to 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 pulp fiction like you know it's that really like titillating scary grimy like gumshoes who are like smoking a million cigarettes swigging on whiskey dames with legs for miles right up our alley you know what i mean and that's like ideal but also like cults and stuff like all of that kind of stuff that during like the 50s to the 80s people were really really worried about this stuff like hippies were a cult you know like these people were a cult those people are a cult you know lots of like worries about Satanism I think also came out around then like if you think of like Rosemary's Baby and like those sorts of things and when you think about books that we now think of as like literature or like classic crime a lot of them started out as pulp fiction The Price of Salt or Carol Mm -hmm. was originally pulp fiction which is is amazing because you know nowadays we consider that to be like literature uh, I, I'll come back to it in our next episode, but I'm reading Mermaids on the Golf Course by Patricia Highsmith what? at the moment. It's a bunch of short stories, and they are just riveting and fucked 
fucked up. And I can't wait to talk deeper. I don't think we have enough time, <laughs> but I'm going to come back and talk about yes, it in more dude. detail. Because and I think whoa. that's what's so good about Pulp Fiction is it's really consumable. Mm. It works on these archetypes and like, you know, which sometimes can be a huge problem. And I think this book definitely, you know, approaches a lot of that. Obviously working with these archetypes can be a problem, but um, because it's just got these like really classic frameworks, you don't have to have as much description as you would in in something like, oh, I don't know, Jane Eyre or some shit. Like, you know, you, it's just like a dame walked in. You know what that yeah. dame looks like. She's yeah. got curves in all the right places. <laughs> She's got legs that go up to this, all the way to her hips. You know what I mean? Also, I want to see a dame with curves in all the wrong places. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's a hole in time. Her legs go all the way down to the ground and through the ground. She's infinite. Her maw opens. Devouring all that it meets, you know what I'm saying? No, I hear you, yeah. So uh, you liked it then? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm only midway through, so, you know, I can't, I can't say it's wonderful. But it's wonderful. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, no matter what your crime lover is into, I think this is great. Like, it's just full of pictures of Pulp Fiction. It's got just some great covers in it I don't know there's a lot of words in there too a lot of words as well it's value for money and it means that if you are interested in like you know reading some pulp fiction there's so much of it and this is like a really easy way to like look through and be like oh that seems interesting that seems interesting and then they'd be like you know fun to hunt down that sort of thing yeah I'd be happy if I got this as a gift well so thank you thank you Andrew (laughs) Nenny Oh, wait, were you trying to... I was trying to hand it off as my gift. But uh, on that note, we're out of time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's been great, guys. Yeah. We will be back next year, reinvigorated, ready to go, punching, kicking, probably... Singing Eye of the Tiger. Nice. Yeah. Uh, You can get in touch with us. In the meantime, email us at crimetimepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet at Crime Time Pod. Yeah, we have an Instagram. Boom. What else do we have? That's about it. Oh, we have a website. Yeah, we have a website. <laughs> Hello. CrimeTimePod.com. You can check out everything we've talked about today on that website. And before we finish up, we just want to give a huge shout out to all of the patrons that we've had on Patreon. We want to um, give a very special thank you to Leanne Backstrom, who uh, basically supported has us. supported <laughs> us for ages. And yeah, we just want to say thank you. You helped us to get a website set up and fancy gear. And oh gosh, we love you guys. We appreciate it. And uh, stay happy, stay safe. Yeah. Until next year. Boom. Goodbye.